Good evening and welcome to episode 14, Wednesday, the 2nd of December, 2020. We're going to refer to this as season two now. We took a short break for a couple of weeks, um, so we're going to call that the end of season one, first 13 episodes, which was fantastic. And we're going to kick off with episode 14, um, featuring a super talented Melbourne muso, um, so much more than just a Melbourne muso, but at this point, we've pigeonholed him to our discussion in relation to Melbourne in his career, uh, Christian Mitzi. So absolute superstar. Can't wait to have this interview. Um, super to have Christian spend a bit of time with us. But before we do, just to bring up a good mate of mine who works with me on this little podcast we've got going, uh, Glenn Curran. How are you, Glenn? Welcome, G'day, mate. Ed. Yeah, thank you. Lovely to see you, mate. How's your week been, midweek? Yeah, the week's been good. It's uh, Where are we at? Hump day? Getting some good announcements about things coming up from musical, sport, things opening up, things coming back to a little bit of normality, which is good. We won't get ahead of ourselves just yet, but as you and I have done a couple of times in the last probably week, we've had a couple of coffees and it seems to be a little more relaxed. So if we keep doing the right things, it will get better or it will continue to get better. Absolutely. Um, I think learning from what's going gone on in Adelaide, um, if we keep doing the things right um, and don't go to the pizza shop when we shouldn't, um, and put the masks on and do all those things. We'll, we'll stay out of trouble for a while. So hopefully we can creep through to Christmas um, and keep things rolling along. But just to mention, um, just before I brought you up, Glenn, I mentioned uh, episode 14, um, as we joking all the time that this was never supposed to go past episode one, but we're up to episode 14, um, and it's fantastic. We've had so many great guests on, um, and obviously another one that we've actually seen at a gig um, you and I, I don't know if you actually remember uh, that gig, but it was a little intimate gig. Uh, Merry Creek, I think it was called, um, yep. little bar in Northcote. It was just before shutdown, if I remember correctly. It was early early this year, I reckon around March it might have been. So we'll uh, speak to Christian about that. It was very live and intimate, that one, that little gig. And was was a former... Other guest of ours there at the same time as well. That's right. Save that one. Yes. We'll talk about we'll talk about that one as we come up. Well, but yeah, we've uh, we've been very lucky. So speaking of lucky, um, Glenn, you've uh, out of every negative becomes a positive. Tomorrow you start a new gig, new role, new job. <laughs> yeah. Exciting well, times. That must be good to good to get in the land of the employed again. Look, it is, mate. And look again. Firstly, to yourself, thank you, but also to obviously I've got a great support network with obviously Jody and my my family here have been fantastic. And look, I wasn't panicking about the job situation because I knew things were getting better. So it gave me a bit of time to be a little bit selfish and get myself in a good spot. And then once you get yourself in a good spot, you can then provide for others and do a job, whatever that job might be. So look, I'm looking... To be totally honest, I'm a little bit toey about it, but that's my sort of personality. But I'm also looking forward to getting back into it. And it's a company called WinConnect. I won't go into too much detail about them because I'm still learning about them. But look, it's another opportunity for me, which I'm looking forward to taking. Yeah, sounds exciting. And uh, they should be blessed to have you, mate. So looking forward to 
kicking the roll off, get through the week, get through the first few days and get yep. a weekend under your belt. And, and, uh, it'll, and if nothing else, mate, you get to go out and buy a new wardrobe and get out of the tracksuit pants, mate, like we've all been in lockdown for a while. So it's good to good to get the clothes on again and um, get out and about and talking to people face-to-face without masks. It's going to be fantastic. So we look forward to it. And the, the other thing we're going to look forward to is being out at live gigs, live festivals. Things are starting to get planned now, coming into Christmas, coming into this, the next part of the year. Yep. Obviously, a massive announcement, Guns N' Roses next year. Um, there's many others, but hopefully some of these festivals get going. Blues and Roots Festival is really one I can't wait to get back up and yep. going in Byron. Um, obviously, Christian, um, one of our guests or our guests for today, um, has played at a lot of festivals in that uh, folk kind of space. Um, uh, brilliant. And I can't wait to be there um, and some of these live gigs. I, I really, especially one with Christian, is is that up close um, I I really like that acoustic style. I love his style of music. Um, it, it's very similar to previous guests we've had on before. Um, we've gone outside that rock genre that we had as well. Um, and this this kind of little um, platform we've put here really lends itself to that acoustic uh, style of music. But um, he's very unique, I'd say, in my opinion. Very uh, Leonard Cohen-esque is my, my description Ooh, of Christian. Well, and... No, it's no, big shoes, big shoes to fill, right? Leonard Cohen-esque. I like the, like, I like the analogy. It's funny today. I caught up. I got a lovely day today. I was um caught up with a, I caught up with my dad and his partner at yep. about eleven o'clock. As you and I affectionately like to know him, the jeweler. I can say that because he's not too okay with the internet, so he won't see this podcast. But yeah, just talking to him about just some old style stuff, but just even he was. He's got a bit of a crook back at the moment. But even he was saying he was walking out into the garden. Just It's amazing this time of year in Melbourne, being summer, what it does to people's emotions and their state of yeah. mind, especially to you, you add to that what's happened over the last eight to nine months. Yeah. People have shown amazing patience as much as we've seen something. Absolutely. You look at some people and you think, what are you thinking? But the vast majority, regardless of what side of the political thing you want to fall onto, have tried to do the right thing. And that's why we're now in the position we're now in. And I, I'm very concerned for, I'm lucky I've got no relatives overseas, whether it's the UK, Europe, US, Canada, America's or north of that continent, it's just not looking good there at the moment. I, I hope yep. it gets yep. better, but they seem to be in a, uh, I don't want to say denial, but it's almost like, oh, well, it's not going to get us. But unfortunately, because that, it's that bigger country, it's hitting them pretty hard. So I, I my yeah. heart them in the UK and Absolutely. Europe, that it gets yep. better for UK. Them. UK's in lockdown. Uh, Canada's just gone into lockdown. Canada believes it's going to be a four-week lockdown. Um, yep. Arguably, uh, I think it's going to be a bit different for them, but I think they might let the cat out of the bag and, and the cage open for, for Christmas and then lock them in again. But, um, look, I really feel for some of our good friends in Canada uh, and the US and the UK, for that matter, and some of our clients that I'd love uh, for them to hopefully be able to experience Christmas like we were. So we've been lucky that we're coming into summer and sadly some of them are going into winter. So it gets a little bit tougher again. But um, 
look, there's been a lot of trials and tribulations in amongst this this COVID twenty twenty year. That's for sure. Um, probably a year we want to forget. But I think out of all negatives comes a positive, and this has definitely been one. We've had such a great reaction to people that have uh, looked looked and listened to this this gig and and listened later on as pod as audio podcasts and things like that. So um, it's great. We love the feedback. We love getting guests on. Um, we're going to keep this going. We may only, it may still be a once a weeker. We're not really sure yet. We've changed it up and done a Wednesday night now for something different. It starts to get a little bit mad into the last part of December. So we'll see how we, uh, how we roll it out and move it on into next year. But um, if nothing else, I'd like to start to get people together and talk about um, the effect after COVID and the rebuild for everyone and trying to promote businesses and, and bands and, music and all, and all sorts of things that we can help where possible. Just give give them a little platform because sadly um, the live gigs are coming, but they're not really all there yet. And if they are there, capacity's not there. So that's an issue as well. So we'll talk to Christian about that coming up. And, and I think that the issue with that, whether it's the live gig from a intimate point of view with an acoustic thing, even a big rock and roll band like your Guns N' Roses, even there's that thing oh, by the sea with in St Kilda, Katani Gardens. Those sort of things are fantastic, but it's a bit like St Thomas with the wounds in Jesus' aside. Thomas was a great apostle and saint, but sometimes you just that doubting. You 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 want to actually touch and feel, and that's that's the that's. I know my, I'm a tactile person. I I've got a lot of good strong beliefs, but sometimes you want to. Just want to drink that water. Like, oh, it's here. We are. We are. We are actually here at a concert with my mates. Yeah. Well, that's and that's yeah. not only for the uh, for the audience, but that's for the band as well. I mean, there's no no one wants yeah. to no one wants to sit there and record for the for the rest yeah. of their life. They want to get out and and test it, test the waters, so to speak. And no, generally just want to hear it on the radio. You want to hear it there, and and that reaction and feeling really comes from the audience. So I can't wait to talk to Christian about that. But let's not chew the fat any longer. Well, Maybe we can have a chat at the end, but I really want to get Christian on. He's waiting patiently in the green room at the back, so I want to get him on, um, and we're going to kick straight on into it. So we'll have a chat to Christian after he plays his first song for us. Yeah, beautiful. G'day, mate. How are you? Welcome. Oh, g'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Christian, welcome aboard. And like a true professional, he is ready to go. How good is that? Yeah, absolutely. Ready. I think I'll let the music uh, start me off, hey? How's that? Absolutely, it sounds great. I met a man named Ender. Cinder was his name To name I could remember While so many sound the same One night over whiskey Many wisdoms he did spill And the truth it came to find at the old Domand Hotel The 
There's a lady, she speaks with angels, with the language of the heart. She reads the pain of strangers through some long forgotten art. She spoke her words to me so kindly, but as though against my will. The truth, it came to find me at the old Roman Hotel. Floats in like a falling Drops in heavy like a storm An intruder on our old belief That we must walk this world alone We must walk this world alone Another song hangs in the corner from some other fame forsaken star. Comes to meet me by the water at the dark end of the bar. Just when I thought my heart was shrouded, seems it knows me far too well. Was the truth came to find me at the old Lomendotel? Yes, the truth will always find me at the old Lomendotel. Yes, the truth will always find me. How good was that? Fantastic. Very, very good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Welcome, Christian. I uh, really appreciate the time um, giving us uh, kind of 40-odd minutes of your, of your time on a Wednesday night, hopefully. Um, hopefully, it only goes 40 minutes. We've uh, been known to go longer, so bear with us. We'll, uh, we won't take too much of your time, but we've got a bit to talk about. Oh, that's all yeah, right, mate. I'm here, I'm here to... Start uh, the timer now. <laughs> Um, look, uh, I appreciate, uh, enjoy a, a nice glass of white there, mate. Um, hopefully, uh, our, our band ride is pretty, pretty high on this show, mate. So we'll, we'll top up the glass for you at the next gig. I'm sure. Um, we look forward to doing that. Um, just on that, um, in relation to gigs, let's, let's get to that in a second, but let's go back kind of where it all began for you and, uh, music. Um, and when music first got you as a young a youngster, uh, my um, as, as far back as I can remember, it started really with my grandfather, who had a, a pretty awesome record collection. And uh, I would have been about I don't know four or five years old, and we'd go around a grand grand grandma's and grandpa's place um, once a week and have dinner. And while everyone was in the kitchen doing their thing, I'd be in granddad's uh, record room. Uh, just pulling out the old records and playing. Um, I was really into the Beach Boys 
and really into um, the Rolling Stones. Um, and I remember a particular record that he had um, by a guy named Dion. Well, it was Dion and the Belmonts. And they were old sort of doo-wop singers. And I just loved that stuff. I loved singing along and I got to know the songs. And anyway, he, he made me a tape, just a mixtape for Christmas uh, one year. I think I was must have been about six years old. And I had a little Walkman. And I basically just played that till it till it died. That was my that was my sort of that was the beginning for me. Old um, old Beach Boys and Dion Belmont songs. Now, now fantastic. You, you say that about Dion and the Belmonts because and I'm not saying this to divulge your age, Christian, but I'm 51. But a lot of my mates who are my sort of similar age, they always think that I was born 20 years too late. Because there's <laughs> yeah. a young man growing up, I loved. You actually listen to your parents or your grandparents, whatever, like, but I would still love that. Like, I think Down on the Belmont sang The Wanderer and songs yeah. like that. Like, they were just great songs. Yeah. And you turn the radio now, and whether it's on the old channel or you watch MTV and those sort of things, they still get come up, those songs. And even kids, my kids' age, who are 17, 25, they know the words of these songs. So, what wonderful songs they are. And they stand the test of time. Yeah, absolutely timeless, timeless songs, and just yeah, you're right. Just well written, straight to the heart, very sort of innocent and honest, and that kind of music it keeps coming back, doesn't it? Like you, you just hear uh, new new versions of old old ideas and old things. But yeah, Beach Boys and Dion and the Beatles and Rolling Stones and that. Yeah, it's timeless stuff. We'll be talking about those guys in a hundred years, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely, I'll. I'll throw uh, I'll throw BGs into that mix as well. Um, very much in the same same genre and incredible harmonies between those three brothers and um, what a band they were. Um, sadly, only one still surviving with us. But I've seen a seen a doco on them just recently on the on the BGs actually, and geez, what an incredible um, incredible band they were. And and as we'll we'll stay the test of time, uh, definitely their music as well. So. Um, that was early, very early days. That's kind of in the, in around the early, well, I was less than teens. What about into your teens? Where did what kind of music started to grip you then? So um, I remember very distinctly getting into um, heavy metal. I was first uh, drawn to the guitar through bands like Iron Maiden and um, Dio, Black Sabbath. This kind of stuff really got me going when I was in about grade five or six you know, 11, 12 years old, um, and uh, I started getting guitar lessons from the fellow up the road who was not too much older than me. Maybe he was in, he might have been in year 10 when I was in grade six, so he was a pretty cool guy to me, and I looked up to him, and he used to teach me Metallica songs and Iron Maiden songs on the guitar. And um, just I remember, you know, you know, a lot of years actually, a big chunk of my life, um, Staying up all night watching Rage and uh, you know taping taping all my favourite videos and stuff. The metal bands, the big um, the big vocals and the big guitar lead lead breaks and stuff. I loved that sort of stuff. Um, but it really um, and you know I played in bands um, early high school um, with some older kids that were putting metal bands together. I always sang um, in the bands and stuff. I loved singing. Um, but it wasn't until uh, I discovered Bob Dylan, or rediscovered really Bob Dylan, that I sort of secretly started twiddling away on my acoustic guitar in my 
in my private time <laughs> and didn't tell any of my buddies about it until later, you know, um, still sort of sporting the metalhead image at school but going home and secretly learning blowing in the wind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how, Absolutely. But it's funny, look, I play a lot of sport. Look, I love music but I've got two left hands when it comes to picking up a guitar. I'm, as and I, a bit similar. I'm a frustrated drummer. I always wanted to be a drummer in the band because I just, you can't have a good band without the drummer. He's always doing something to drum with the, the beat and whatever. But it's funny yeah. you say that about you want to be the cool guy in the big hard band, but you go home and we all do that in our lives, don't we? We have the part that everybody wants to see, but the true self that you go to, you said about Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. I remember when someone introduced me to Bob Dylan songs, and I thought, yeah, I know that song, but one of my favourite Bob Dylan songs, and all of his songs tell a story, but is, and it's famous for the one about the hurricane. It's it's a, it's a story. Now, we know that what's gone on since that, all I enjoy most about it. I love a song that you listen to for seven minutes, and everyone goes, oh, that's, that's no good for radio. It's too long. I said, that's great, because you've got a beginning, the middle, and an end, and it's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, Bob Dylan's amazing. I've got a little story about, about that song, Hurricane, in particular, because yeah. I remember one, uh, how I got into Bob Dylan was that my mum, uh, had the little 45 of the hurricane of, of the song hurricane and it had both sides you know you had to flip it over and hear the rest of the song and me and my buddies were at home uh, mucking around one day and mum sat us all down put that song on and explained the story of Ruben Hurricane Carter and um, and basically about how Bob Dylan sort of um, wrote the song to shine a light on the injustices that were going on for um, Afro-Americans at the time and it really struck me. That's that was where it started for me, as far as um, understanding how music can make a difference in the world. Um, it was that moment, Mum showing me Hurricane. So yeah, it's, it's a good example of what you say. Mm. And, and it is. It's it's funny you say that too. How the three of us, like I'm, I'm meeting you officially for the first time tonight. I did see you at one of your gigs before we went into COVID and that, but. That's amazing how people, we think we have no connection, but when you hear someone sing a song, how you find a connection in there and then how that connection then can teach you a valuable lesson that you will take to you from your, when you first heard it, mm. to the day you leave this earth. It's a, how, how the most simplest thing can have the greatest impact. I think that song is one of those examples of that. Absolutely true. Yep. Yep. Yeah, speaking of speaking of impact, um, one thing you, I believe you are Christian, and and I'm sure, you, hopefully, you agree with this is a, is a good storyteller, um, and in that respect, in some you know that really comes across in not only your style of music, but your lyrics and the way you deliver that message all the way through to the harmonica and everything that you play as well. Um, I think it's just a it's one of those to me when I hear you and I, and I capture some of your songs, even one song at a time, even without you there just listening on a on a ipod or, or whatever iphone these days um it's a it's one of those story moments that just to me just delivers every time i honestly and i'm pretty biased i don't actually think you got a bad track that you've released so far so um thank you so much for uh continuing to write good music mate after 
after a few years. It's been a while um, you've been been writing um, and been recording, and I wish you all the best for the rest of your career, mate. So many more people have got to know about you. Um, I know your journey has largely been Melbourne and Victoria and and Australia, and we've just got to get you to other parts of the world, mate, for you to experience it for sure. They need to know about you, mate. Thanks so much, Aaron. That means a lot, mate. Really appreciate it. Now, I'm going to throw Aaron under the bus here, Christian. Before we introduce you, he compared you to somebody. Now, we live in a world of comparisons. Now, as I said, I've heard you play before, and I must admit I was very impressed. But I'm a little bit easy to impress because I'm not the greatest musical knowledge person. So who do you think, knowing your sort of genre that you sort of go to now, taking away the metal person you used to be, now the, the storyteller, who do you think Mr Cusack might have compared you to? Oh, well, it would be either um, Cat Stevens or Leonard Cohen or, or one of those guys, Neil Young. Now, you have just named, again, as I – well, you we spoke about Dylan. We just spoke about Leonard Cohen. What an amazing artist – Cat Stevens is, was, and will for always be. Mm. I agree. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot of Cat Stevens about you too, Christian. Yeah. Um, and and another one I'd like to mention is probably James Taylor. To be perfectly honest, um, there's there's so much of James Taylor I believe you've captured, and I don't know if ever that ever that was intentional or, um, but to be compared to those kind of artists must be pretty humbling um, for you. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I mean, these are these are the greats of storytelling music and the singer-songwriter genre going back, you know, 40 years. So, yeah, it's a huge honour to hear those names, you know, when people are referring to my music. But you're right, we are living in an age of comparison and it's pretty hard to get out of the shadow of those guys, not just in their what they've accomplished, but just their sound, you know, they, they created something truly unique at the time and it's still being played in bars and pubs today, that kind of music, because it was so well done and so accomplished and so complete. So, um, you know, uh, for guys like us who really love that kind of music but also are trying to be have an original sound, you know, it's... It can be hard, but at the same time, it's a real honour to be sort of compared to those guys and to um, and to carry the carry the torch into the new, yeah. with new stories and and new ideas. You know, it, it's funny though because someone, a good friend of mine, um, she's got a beautiful she's a beautiful singing voice, and her husband's a very talented drummer musician as well, and they once told me, and it's it's so true about having an individual sound that is unique to Christian Mizzy. But the other thing too, mimicry is the greatest form of flattery. So if you copy something else, a lot of people go, oh, that's not original, but that's you're copying that because that's that good. That's the, that's the respect you're showing that genre of music. Or if you write a book, I'm not saying to go and write it word for word, but mm. do, do you know what I mean? And that's, and that's the thing that's hard to... I often say to my boys, I want you to be shepherds, not sheep. But at times, sometimes the sheep make some pretty good decisions as well. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I, I, 
I mean, a good thing is a good thing, you know. Yeah, and, um, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a classic. They're classic songs for a reason. These songs, and 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 like you're saying about the the shepherd and sheep analogy, is that um, there are leaders in in every field, and um, I suppose you know you can't help but be influenced. You know, you're drawn to music because you first heard it and you loved it, and it gets into your blood and it gets into your values and it gets into your, you know, the way you express yourself. And then when you pick up your own guitar and start to write your own songs, it just leaks in. You can't help it, you know. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, you know. I mean, there's, um, yeah, like you say, it's, uh, it's a nice homage, you know, to your heroes, I think, to sing to sing in the style and um, of others, you know. Those guys that we all just mentioned before, someone that I was exposed to probably about oh, probably about 20 years ago and I just started listening to his songs again was a gentleman by the name who actually died, unfortunately, like a lot of talented musicians quite young, a gentleman by the name of Jim Crochet. Have you ever listened to any of his songs? Yeah, yeah, love Jim Crochet, yeah. yeah. Time in a bottle, like as a dad, I might listen to it now. And he died, his son, who is a musician, musician now himself, mm. he's singing a song about the time I want to spend with you. It's the most amazing song. And as a parent, mm. you listen to it and you think, how does he write that? And I, I heard him interviewed on a, a special I saw just recently and he said it wasn't hard for me to write it because I looked at this amazing bundle of joy and it just kept, I just kept writing about it and yeah i, yeah. I think he's got about well, he's got more than three songs but th three of his songs that i love like time in a bottle um operator i've got to think of the other one that i can't think of the moment but just I'm, I'm a bit of a sook christian they're not they're great to listen to but then as you listen to them i think oh and i'll walk out of the room and joe my wife will go what are you doing what's wrong i said oh may have been listening to a couple of old music songs and, and i love yeah. them i do love them yeah yeah, it's funny that. having a seven-year-old boy. You said about the, the heavy metal stuff. Well, the other day, um, from his bedroom, in the space of ten minutes, four songs. The first song was a ACDC, Who Made Who. Then the next song was um, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> then he then he went into um, a bit of salt and pepper, <laughs> yeah. and then I think it was either the macaron or one of those dance songs. And I went past him and he goes, "What's wrong, Dad?" I said, "I said no, nothing, mate. I said I love it." But he's listening to all the genres. But yeah, right, yeah, all classic songs. And and this is the thing about you know our generation. I've got kids the same age, and um, and they they really. You know, there's no pinning them down to any kind of genre, or because yeah. of the internet. You know, every, they're ex, they're exposed to everything. They've got everything uh, at the push of a button, and so, you know, if they if they've got a, a Spotify playlist or something, they'll come across music that back in our day we would have had to really dig for. You know, just just sort of rolls on in for them. Yeah. Alan cool. and I have asked ourselves a couple of questions over time in relation to obviously sport, music, films favourite films, whatever, I'll ask you, and I apologise for no warning, you're sitting down to dinner and you can bring five musicians. 
who are the five you're going to bring to your dinner? Dead or alive, or both? Oh, they're your guests. You can, if you can find a way to bring them back from the dead, you can do that for sure as well. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, I think um, Joni Mitchell uh, is oh, one. Um, Neil Young for sure. Leonard yep. Cohen for sure. Um, ah, oh. oh, gosh. I just don't want to choose. The, I don't want to choose the obvious ones, but Bob's got to be there, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you'd have to be. You wouldn't leave him out. Um, uh, you got room for one more now. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, someone like Richard Thompson or or, um, or John Martin or one of those English folk guys. Okay. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Um, you know, if you ask me tomorrow, I'd have a different five. <laughs> but, but, but how good is that? That's a like. My wife's not a big fan of, like I might say, to her, I watch your favourite movie. She goes, oh, I haven't got. I like a lot of movies. Mm. So I then try to get to, I suppose, water it down and give us sort of genre, or whatever. But as you said, then the five you named, amazing, all of them, and there's obviously in that group a set of pattern. Mm. But that's when, when someone says to me, oh, who would you have five people? Who are the most people you invite to dinner? And one of my mates always says, and it makes me laugh, but it's, he goes, well, I'd invite my wife first because she's my best mate. Oh, that's lovely. I didn't think of that. And, and, and how good's that? And that's, I'm not saying that to you, do you know what I mean? Like, no, I'll say, that's, who are five that's... people you invite to dinner? She goes, well, I've got to invite my best mate, my wife. Yeah, oh, that's true. Which, and and another guy said, "Well, okay, who I've invited? I'd cut Bob out then." <laughs> <laughs> another one of my mates said, "He said who would invite?" You know, well, and he wasn't. It sounded arrogant. He didn't. He said, "Well, the first person I'd invite to a dinner I was hosting would be me, because I'd want to be there and learn so much from all these people." For sure. So people don't mention themselves. They go, "Oh, don't." And I said, well, "Are you going to be there?" And I said, "Oh, yeah." And it's just, it's not a trick question, but it's just interesting to sort of. To hear what what people say and the point you made so true i asked tomorrow and you probably give me five different names of oh, five genres there's so many people that have uh, had a big that i'd be fascinated to talk to or just listen to yeah listen to them talk about their stories yeah the great part about all that is that i cannot wait to go and have a a beer in a palmer at a pub watching the next live gig um chewing the fat about all the times uh that we should have been out um, drinking beers together during 2020. So there's not much of it left. We don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, it's all about dinner parties and, and guests. I get that. Um, and that's, that's great fun. But the most important part is we're having, uh, another probably 10 or so, 15 minutes max with, with Christian here and, and Christian just to, um, maybe you can, uh, you can lead us into your, to your next song if, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, yeah, no worries. This is one I wrote during lockdown. Um, to be honest with you, fellas, I didn't actually wasn't super creative over the time. You know, um, I I wrote maybe three or four songs in the whole sort of eight months since between now and sort of back in March. Um, but this is one of them. This is one of the songs.
the lights and blow out all the candles they'd be smiling as they're filing out the doors will i rest under an eerie air of silence or to the sweet sounds of a round of applause will they speak my name to say good things about me or will they say they never liked me much at all and will the party just move on ahead without me when the curtains fall when the curtains fall Will I find my place around that ancient table? Will they greet me like a friend into the fold? Will I walk in dreams upon a land of plenty? Will I find sanctuary from the cold? Will my mother's gentle whispers come to find me if I cry? Will my father lay his hand upon my shoulder with pride? Will my brothers know my courage even if I'm terrified when the curtains fall? When the curtains fall? Will I close my eyes and know you still can hear me? And though I know it's time, will I still not want to go? And will you know my song and know I sang sincerely when the curtains fall? When the curtains fall? When the curtains fall? Absolutely beautiful, mate. I love it. Um, what a beautiful song. What a beautiful song. Tell us a little bit about uh, just a couple of the lyrics in that, um, especially just in that, that chorus there, When the Curtain Falls. Um, just tell us a little bit about that song. I started writing it a little bit about, um, uh, I was just drawing the connection between sort of playing live to people and how, um, and how, it's, uh, it's hard to explain, but how important it is sometimes and we get unstuck by this as artists, but we want we just want to be uh, seen, you know, I suppose, seen truly. And I made the connection of that as uh, all of us do in our lives, just want to be seen truly. And 
you know, for who we are, accepted for who we are, loved for who we are. Um, and um, I suppose the idea of when the curtain falls is just, you know, how are we going to be remembered, you know? How are people going to sort of remember us and think of us? Um, did we get a chance to really show who we really are, to show all the light and shade of, of our personalities, you know? Yeah, that, that sort of yeah. idea. Yeah, it's interesting. What, you know, what kind of legacy do we leave? Um, and I suppose the joy of songwriting and performing and also things like this is where we put it in the can, so to speak, and, and it's there for timeless um, or for time for, for generations to kind of view and see. And that's the part of the joy of the internet now, right? Um, that they can, we can archive some of this stuff. So when do you, when do you, just on that note, when do you feel that you can really be yourself? Is it, is it on stage or is it, I know I talk to a lot of musos and they, you know, especially as front men or, or individual artists and they, they kind of become something else when they're in their, in their performance mode, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when they step off the stage, they can be a very different person. And I had the opportunity to meet Lemmy from, um, from one of the best bands ever. Right. And, um, the great part about that from motorhead point of view is they got off stage they went backstage and those guys from there back in their hard days obviously they were right into all sorts of things off stage right they get off stage and they were backstage at the forum and they're drinking tea drinking tea teetotalers back in you know not that long ago before lemmy passed actually so i know the guys get a lot older but life looks different off the stage for a lot of musicians uh compared to on the stage so i'm just interested in your thoughts on when do you actually feel you get to be yourself yeah, it's a good point that you make. Um, I think I think the easy thing about being a folk artist is that you can kind of, it's not that hard to be yourself, you know. You're sharing your heart, you're sharing your stories and you can, you can live and embody that whole life, I suppose you could say, as opposed to if I was, I, I know some old rockers, I know some old metalheads who are in their sort of 50s and even early 60s who um, really struggle to keep to keep that persona up, you know. They, they're they not interested in having long hair anymore. It's, it shoots them to tears, but it's just part of the, the gig. Um, but what you say is true as well. Uh, I'm different on the stage than I am uh, with my kids. Um, for example, with my kids, I'm, yeah, I'm totally different. So, yeah, it's, um, there's many parts of us, isn't there? We're complicated people or species <laughs> absolutely and and you're um you're lucky enough to play in multiple um arrangements and different bands over time and, and you play with some incredibly talented artists um mm. a couple of those artists we've been lucky enough to have on on this show um in one in particular greg champion um oh. who you played with recently um greg was great enough to spend some time with us um that was that was brilliant just to hear hear Greg in a different genre to what so many people know him as on the ABCs could have been champions and that's kind of all they know about Greg and, and a songwriter in that respect but what an incredible folk uh, artist himself like he, he is really incredible talent um, I'm sure you enjoy every minute playing with him yeah he truly is he truly is a, a fantastic uh, songwriter and person human being I mean one of the the sweetest people you meet in the in the business and um we've become quite quite good friends um i consider him a, a, a very very dear friend um but it was uh, it did begin uh, you know my admiration for what he does 
outside of the footy show stuff, which is also great. Um, but his folk stuff is where you really see the man and his heart. Hmm. Yep. And a beautiful songwriter too. Absolutely. And another one is uh, the great. I, I refer to him as the great, but largely unknown for a lot of people too, is, is the great Charles Jenkins. Um, what an incredible talent Chuck is, especially when you talk songwriting. Um, what a lyrical genius he is. So I'm sure you enjoy every, any time you can ever play with Charles. Charles, in my opinion, is is the master. I mean, in, in all ways, uh, songwriting. You know, when I think about, when I'm writing songs, I I often in my mind think about what would Charles think of this? <laughs> you know, would, you know, how could he, what would he do? You know, what, what, how would he make this chord change or how would, what kind of words would he use for that, to, to say that idea? He's also a dear friend um, and I consider, yeah, I consider him one of the very best and I think, I think Melbourne are starting to catch on now, you know, and the rest of the country hopefully starting to catch on about just how important an artist he really is over, over decades of putting out really high quality music um, and he's just, he's just relentless, you know, he just keeps yep. on pumping out high quality stuff it's great Love yeah it. it's incredible we talk about you know different genres of music and um whether whether an act or, or a muso can can move and switch into genres um mm. like some have done over time and one i can think of is someone like kylie minogue madonna that have kind of invented themselves and reinvented themselves now some of that stage presence all that sort of stuff but at the end of the day they've survived the test of time right um in that respect david bowie was obviously another one that just went through phases yet there's other bands like acdc that just roll it out again let's play let's play let's keep it simple and let's just nail it again and they've dragged out another album which is just a smasher again uh they yeah. just released and you know it just picked up where they left off rolling stones are the same there's just yeah. so many bands like that yet other bands that try and change it up a little bit sometimes it doesn't work for them cold plays kind of one that try to change a few things on their kind of gigs um I think of bands like Pearl Jam, which have, as they get older, yes, they back it off a little bit and they get a bit more acoustic and a bit more commercial and radio friendly. Um, just, it's it's interesting to, to see. Uh, one quote I, I saw of yours recently is, while I can sing, I'll do that. And I think uh, it's an incredible line of yours um, that you've, you've mentioned. And I think uh, an incredible talent to have. Now, not everyone's blessed. Everyone thinks they're a singer until the mic gets in front of them right and and not and even then they actually think they sound all right it's not until the audience uh which is the interesting part i want to talk to you about next is how much have you missed being able to play live uh, to an audience yeah it's it's been it's been tough um a whole a whole uh, roller coaster of emotion about it really i mean there's times there during the depths of this winter passed that I just thought it was all over, really, to be honest. Uh, and then, you know, just last weekend had a really reinvigorating experience back on stage at the festival and uh, having having the audience come and, you know, share their experience of it and sort of giving you the big support and the pat on the back and the encouragement and stuff. It just uh, makes, yeah, I was right back at home with it. And, I, yeah, it's it's what I love the most. <laughs> love performing yep. love singing just love singing to people i really do so yeah yep. um I, I really missed it yeah deeply and mm -hmm. it's interesting you mentioned before just before you played that last song that 
you know, you haven't written much during this period of the lockdown. And I suppose it's, for me, like no one, no one really knew the length of this lockdown. We knew it was, was kind of going to be four weeks, then four, six, then eight. Um, you seem like a kind of guy that very much cares about others. So I'm sure you were more probably in the zone of worrying about what other people are doing and your family's doing and making sure they're okay and probably not being selfish enough to to sit there yourself in, and go away and start to, I suppose, re not reinvent yourself, but the words kind of at the moment is kind of pivoted and do I need to do something else? Do I need to change something else up? I know your love is music and there's so many musicians that can't do that full time and can't do be music musicians for life, so to speak, or as a gig, or or, or the laughing laughing stock. I'm sure you've been told plenty of times as you grew up was, oh, you're going to be a musician. Okay, so what what? Yeah, but what are you going to do for a job? <laughs> right. So I'm sure the fact that you can do it and give so much to so many people, um, it's an incredible talent to have. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate that. It is. I'm very lucky to have um, to have the opportunities that I that I do get. And I don't take any of it for granted. I know that it's really tough out there for musicians um, all the time, not just during COVID, but all the time. Um, and it will continue to be tough because um, there's, in Melbourne, we're a music city, there's a lot of musicians uh, fighting for the same space to play and fighting for the same audiences to play to and stuff. Um, but I think yeah. what has changed and hopefully what I think we'll see in the future is a lot more uh, of a communal approach to supporting each other. Um, in the past, I think, um, well, certainly not in the close past, but it definitely in the earlier decades of the 80s and 90s and stuff, I think it was quite a cutthroat industry. I don't think it needs to be like that anymore. I think we can all sort of, I think we can all accomplish what we want to accomplish together, you know, just with, with support and encouragement and helping each other out yep. when we can. Mm. Absolutely. Look, I think it's going to be, it is going to be tougher, isn't it, to get gigs? Um, more importantly, there's definitely less going to be less and less venues. Um, and right now with these restrictions still, it's going to take some time to build this up. But I just want to show a photo of one of your gigs uh, from a little while ago. I believe this was Bendigo Festival, was it? Um, yeah. In a Like what a, what a fantastic spot um, to be able to do that. Um, yeah. That's in a tram. Tram, is it? Yeah, it's in a in a like an old vintage tram that's been parked permanently in the uh, main square of town in Bendigo, yep. and it's um, it's used as part of the blues uh, the festival there, the, the Bendigo Blues Festival, and um, yeah, they just sort of you, people just roll on and off and see the music all day. It's really great. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's really cool those little those little festivals that that become more than just a festival of music. Um, oh, they're obviously about the food and everything else and getting together as families and things like that. But I just want to touch on a couple of your other gigs um, that you've had. Um, this this one I, I know is, was kind of close to you, back to your roots from where you, where you grew up, um, yeah. out that way, Gippsland Way, um, the Spectrum. Just tell us a little bit about this gig. And I, I've watched some of the footage from it, and it was it was a little while ago now, but gee, it was a beautifully shot and, and recorded gig. And you must be very proud of this. Uh, I'm extremely honoured to be part of something that was built by a handful of really hard-working, dedicated people. Brett Tippett um, and his partner would host 
artists in their home, that, that studio there that you're looking at, it's their sort of their back shed that they've decked out into a, um, a, a, a film studio. And the, the host, Brett Glover, and a few other people on cameras and stuff around, we're talking about a team of about eight people, produced this really quality music program. And I was just so stoked uh, to be part of it while it was happening. I think it, in the end, just lack of funding, lack of, um, you know, I mean, Look, they did it for I think three seasons, and uh, it was just a something on the side for them that they did to help support Gippsland artists, and it grew into be yep. one of the most important things that Gippsland has seen for the for music. Um, yeah, it's so, beautiful. Yeah, really great, really great. Yeah, lucky to be part yep. of it. Yeah, there's been some great things to come out of, and that that wasn't during obviously during any of this COVID period or isolation or any of these restrictions. But some great things that have come out. I just wanted to touch on was was uh, a good artist and good mate of mine, Dave Cosma, that put together the EJ isolation sessions, which is recorded in his garage in the backseat of his EJ Holden. Um, and he live stream, he's basically his own gigs and very simple setup, but incredibly something different, a point of difference. And um, I think it's going to be, you know, well known. And, and he's actually got an artist uh, coming on with him in a week or so um, that you've been involved in. And I just wanted to touch on that as well, because I think this was an absolute fantastic concept. Um, mm -hmm. And I think hopefully this can continue um, an otherwise quiet room. And I absolutely just love just that in itself. That means so much, but to be able to do it in different locations, um, I think that's a beautiful thing. And just to show a photo from one of yours, I'd like everyone to be able to jump on YouTube and check out one of these, um, these, uh, these um, shots and, and things that have been done, um, I think they're absolutely incredible with Mandy Connell. Um, just tell us a little bit about that one in particular that you did. Uh, Mandy is, first of all, I want to say how what an incredible person Mandy is, uh, a communal, a very communal person, very um, community-spirited person, and she gathered all these people around, around her to create um, this really cool concept where we'd go and support different cafes and pubs and venues around uh, Melbourne uh, that didn't necessarily use, usually have live music um, and she would just bring, you know, an artist in and we would sing songs together. And Mandy's a, a friend of mine and, and but we only knew each other, through, we got to know each other through this this series. Um, we filmed it first at the, um, at the farm out in, Brunswick, uh, what is it called, series, um, but it was just so windy that we couldn't capture the sound. There's no miking up or anything. Um, so uh, we ended up doing it at, at, at that cafe there. Um, yep. But, yeah, Mandy's, Mandy's wonderful. It's a great concept, and the concept when we launched was fantastic as well, and I think she's done a couple of series. You know, she's done mm. a series of about 12 artists each time or something like that. So, yeah, she's Yeah, really, I think... Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's it's probably more even more relevant now as we come out of COVID and out of this lockdown period that we can get out and support some of these local cafes and uh, things. I, I've been to a little venue recently um, before lockdown, actually, and it was to see Charles Jenkins. It was a little cafe, believe it or not, um, in, in um, South Melbourne. It was the Jimmy Saint was called, and it's, and it's not a cafe known to bands or venues. Um, it was the owner there, um, Dave. Um, and he's he's put it together, and he's just in, inviting artists effectively into his cafe after hours, and it's a fantastic concept. And I think there needs to be more of that. And hopefully, 
uh, both the government and the councils can be a little bit more flexible on uses and, and don't need big restrictions around that sort of stuff. And, and we hope we can keep, continue to do that because I think this was an absolute super concept from Mandy and I hope it can continue So um, and support other artists. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think it was such a great part of it. And I actually tripped over the fact that you'd recorded a session there as well. So it was great to, great timing that I mentioned it. So I'd love mm-hmm. to have Mandy on on the chat here and and talk about her, her creation there so maybe we can hook that hook that up for another time but um just to to touch on a couple of your gear, uh, your uh, album covers here if you don't mind um this this one here from we're going back to around 2016 here i think it is um i notice on most of your covers it's it's generally photography um and i think that's a that's a beautiful touch. I'm not sure if one of your other ones, maybe, maybe some sort of print um, by the look of it or, or painting. Um, so I wanted to touch on that as well. But that was uh, that was one. I think this one's 2017, around that kind of era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one that I was in particular talking about was was this cover, which looks like a watercolor, and it's it's a mm-hmm. fantastic shot of yourself, man. It's uh, it's so well done. Who's yeah. the artist on this one? Uh, Christy Arthurson, who is my my fiance painted that. Um, what an incredible talent! Yeah, she's a, she's incredible. She's an incredible artist. Um, and I just asked her if she would paint the the cover for the new record. Um, and she obviously, yeah, she was nervous about that, but excited to do it. And um, she, I didn't look at the progress of it. She just revealed it to me one day, and I just thought, wow, that's that's really great. She really got it right you know yeah. especially for the record that um i was putting out so yeah it's a beautiful watercolor and sketch um from i think pencil um on the on the detail but yeah yeah, she, yeah it's beautiful beautiful um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um your, your latest uh release here hold on mm-hmm. to me beautiful um title there just tell us a little bit about that um, the song itself, um, it was a song I wrote uh, long before before COVID, um, but I just had a sneaky sort of studio session to get in there and record it um, in the summer as well. All the fires were happening, actually. And um, and so I had that sitting there ready to, ready to roll out once COVID hit, so I was very lucky there to have that. Um, but that's a song that was inspired just by the state of things uh, going back a year ago. Um, I was inspired by the, um, well, there was some terrorist attacks in New Zealand at the time. I'm sure you can remember. And yep. it just made me think of my kids, actually. It made me think of my children and, and the future and um, how important it is just to keep each other close and uh, to, to remind each other all the time that we're there for each other and to really truly be there for each other, not just uh, in words but in, um, in any way that we can. Yeah, it's very true. It's so important, and and that's kind of the purpose of why we put this together was to reach out to people. Um, our original discussion is we were literally going for a walk, um, Glenn and I, and we we're actually talking like, oh, I wonder how the classic line of, I wonder how Mac is going, I wonder how Jono's going, and mm-hmm. has anyone spoken to him? Now, oh yeah, I spoke to him the other day. It's like, okay, how do we spread this little net a bit wider and talk about other people that may not and we've spoken to her for a while? We're not going to sit there and just ring standard sit there and ring up everyone and it's interesting you mentioned that um about being there for someone we just decided let's just jump on 
a Facebook Live and we'll see who jumps on. It could be anyone. And we've got friends in different parts of the world and all that sort of stuff. And before you know, we're getting kind of engagements from different people. And then we're getting some feedback saying, guys, it's a great idea. You got, you know, and even if someone, you know, that's in a, it may be in a dark space potentially, and they just listened to something and there was just some little glimmer of hope there that they resonated with. And they said, oh, hang on, yeah, it's, this is a bit of me or, or that's clicked for me right at that right time. If it achieved nothing but that, that at some point, or it was just enough for someone, you know, everyone's having a crap day, right? And we just wanted to have something that we stayed positive on and we got invited people on at different times. And, and thank you again for your time, Christian. We really appreciate it. To have a talented musicians on, uh, another one we mentioned before that we've had on was Ryan Sterling. Um, a young up-and-coming talent. Obviously, he's been write, writing songs for a long time, but largely unknown for so many people. But what an incredible local talent as well. He was actually on show number one for us, which was a beautiful start uh, for us. So, so good to have Ryan. And I know we the last gig, I, I reckon it was close to the last gig before lockdown, yeah. um, was at the Merry Creek Hotel. And I interestingly enough that uh, that the... the uh, um, otherwise quiet room series is actually was going to be there's a series is going to be at merry creek i, I believe um yeah or at the merry merry creek tavern so it'll be interesting to see hopefully they can get up and going again but um my point is that you know sometimes you can just it's all about just being there for someone and it's so easier through your music and that's the the benefit of what you've got is to be able to put it out to the world and people can hear it and resonate with it as they will. And you you must get some feedback from different festivals and stuff you do for a long time that must get you to a point where you think, wow, this is this is kind of pretty cool. I didn't think of it like that way. Or it's just, just some other points out of the box that you think, yeah, this is why I do this. This is why I do this. This is why I love it. So just interested in your thoughts of, you know, the, the festival life and, um, obviously, the folk festival, more, most importantly for you, is is kind of your little genre. Um, and I, I I like to call you, but um, your style of music. It's not just folk. It's to me, it's a, it's an intimate version of folk. It's very it's very personal. It resonates. It's really really you feel like you you come close, so to speak, and it's it's not distant. And I love that about your music. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Yeah, I think um, you can never really tell how people are going to receive the music and some, you know, what I've found over the years is that um, some formats, what I do doesn't really work. For example, you know, I played for many years in a corner of a pub, you know, and when you're in a corner of a pub and people want to drink and dance or just be out on a Saturday night, my kind of music is not going to go down really well, you know. So it's not necessarily that they might not like it. It's just that that's not what they're there for, you know. So I spent <laughs> way too long uh, in mismatched situations with my music and just decided that folk festivals and house concerts and intimate spaces were the, were the way to go for me. And then from there my music started to really settle into what I wanted to do. So it took some time there, but you're right. Um, people, people do um, say some very generous and kind and supportive things. But to be honest, I would do it anyway, <laughs> even if <laughs> even if they uh, even if they weren't saying much, because it's just uh, one of those things I love to do, even if it was just at home. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's um and and I've looked at some of your 
album covers and some of the, the stuff you write as a as a kind of prelog and who you thank and you're incredibly generous but so many people that you thank um that make up inspiration for you i guess but there there was one in particular i saw that would have had at least 30 names and i think that's so important that you you look like you've not only pay homage or thank you to a lot of people but there's a lot of people that obviously mean a lot to you and that that's really cool to see that so um you know sometimes you just see a little two lines and someone just generally thanking their personal family or someone really close to them but to see so many people on that list i think that's fantastic to see from you so um i I look really look forward to your next release. I really look forward to listening to this this new release. I've listened to it a couple of times, and um, I can't wait to listen to it again just to bring it up one more time to to show people that uh, do it. Hold on to me. That's where you get it, or, or, or what's what you're looking for. Um, where we want to catch Christian is christianmitzi.com, and it is Mitzi, isn't it? Not Mizzy. I confirm yeah. that from the the Maltese pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. I do know a family called the Mizzies, and and there was two brothers. Um, and actually, one used to call it Mitzi, and one mm. used to call it Mizzy. And they were actually two brothers in the same family. So work that out. But that was always I always thought that was funny. So interested yeah. to hear the pronunciation. Um, I actually heard it off someone else uh, of how you pronounce your name. So hopefully I got that right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So what I'll do is I, I might get you to play one last track mm. for us. Um, sure. or song for us and then we might I've got a, a video that we want to play and, and, and talk before because I think it, I, I, I tripped over it recently a little cartoon version of a, of a video and I want to talk talk through that and then we'll go out to that so um, I'll let you take it from here Sure, okay thanks for having me Aaron, I really appreciate it mate, it's been great No problem <laughs> Of the life he left behind He understands That somewhere between the sunsets And the traffic jams There's a place in everybody Trying to be free That maybe no one wants to see Fear and pain and guilt like blood that's running through his veins. Among these hills and streets, these people are still running from the blame. Someday want to change. Most just stay the same. 
eerie stands Naked, cold, and shaking in his lover's hands Thinks she must be faking Can she really love a man? So much trouble on Troubled man Troubled man Troubled man Absolutely beautiful, mate. Um, I just wanted to touch on that because I know that is an absolute winner, like no doubt. Um, but what a great, what a great lyric and great song title, Troubled Man. It means so much, uh, I'm sure, to so many. Just tell us a little bit about that song. I believe I know who it's about, um, but yeah, I'll let you deliver that news. Just okay. tell us a little bit about that song. And um, I, I, let me touch on that. It's your most listened to song, I believe. Um, I, I looked on Spotify as a, as a la- playlist. And I, I believe it's 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 your number one. So I love yeah. it. I think it's an absolute ripper. Oh, thanks, man. Tell us a little bit about it. I didn't know that was the one that people liked. Um, that's it's been around a while. Um, but I wrote that song. Started writing it about my grandfather, and then turned into a bit of a song about my my dad, and 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 um, and I suppose just filters down to becoming a bit about me too. Uh, it's really uh, just about those those unfulfilled, unfulfilled dreams and um, and the idea of uh, surrender, the idea of, you know, giving, well, giving, giving up, people give up on their dreams um, and it's, it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to see people do that. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a, it's definitely been a challenging time for so many people. There's that, there's absolute doubt and uh, no doubt. And, you know, where that's the part of, as I was touching on before, and welcome back, Glenn. I was just touching on that, that, you know, it's so important that we give people hope, right? Um, as I touched on with you just before, that, you know, so many people get in a dark place and, and sometimes don't see a way out, but sometimes just a, a little how you're going, mate, makes a big difference. So hopefully we, we aptly titled this, so what's been happening. And uh, at one point, it was absolutely nothing because we were in lockdown and nothing was happening, but we kind of made it this approach to to really get out and talk to people and, and make it an effort because um, you never know. Sometimes just pick up the phone and think someone cares about you makes a big difference in your life. So Troubled Man, it's a, it's a tough um, little word, uh, word there and song title, but it means so much, and I think everyone goes through it, and I see a lot of, you know, people I know in that in that song as well. So it's a beautiful song, and but I believe a song of hope as well yeah thanks yeah yeah i agree it is a song of hope mm. yeah Same before i was actually here in the background and as i've got older i've got or i'll say i've got better i hopefully my my wife and kids can hear me say this but i've got better at listening to people now and it was wonderful just being in the background listening to you aaron talk but even the last song you just sang man the troubled man and then as I said to you earlier today, I spent the day with my dad. As I sat there watching my dad, then come home tonight with my sons. 
people talk about the sins of the fathers are passed on, but I don't like saying the sins. You can't help who your parents are. So you are going to learn from your parents, your mother and your father, grandparents, whatever. I don't think, I don't talk in the negatives anymore. No, they say my mum and dad are my mum and dad. And thankfully I'm lucky I've got both my parents still alive and both my in-laws as well. They're just four people who have taught me things. Were they the right things? They gave me the opportunity to make the choices I made. As Aaron said about the lockdown situation, it's been a shit. Let's be honest, it's been a shit. But as someone said to me today, it's good to see you, cuz. That's my nickname. And I said, it's good to see you too. And she just put a hand out and just touched me on the shoulder. And she goes, we can do that. And I said, you can do what you like. <laughs> and you said about giving up on your dreams. Because, look, the, the best thing for me about this is the honesty that I've brought to myself and just your emotion watching you sing that song then. I'll never, ever judge anybody on being themselves. And that's the hardest thing as you spoke about earlier, about a persona, when you get up on stage and you perform. But to, I take away tonight, as I said, I've known you for the best part of an hour. But how raw for me, and it's an honour for me to see you sing a song like that, which is obviously something that's very close to you, but you've not only shared it with me, Aaron, and anybody else who's watching. So, mate, as Aaron said, thank you for giving us and me that opportunity, mate. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be yeah. here and share and share it with you guys, and in such a supportive space. And you know, and and I love what you're saying about about the community and about the people out there. It is needed. What you're doing is needed. It's uh, it's a really good thing, and it's in the and spirit. I've amazed us a bit about it, and I'm and I say amazed. I know that. Work like that gets thrown around a bit easily, but we didn't say it was going to be hard. We didn't say it was going to be easy. But to me, the most technically unsavvy person in the world, and now it will back me up here with my children, I've loved it. Mm. And we haven't had too many wardrobe malfunctions. One of our other mates who came on one night, his wife walked past, thankfully clad in all her clothing, but that's that's what it's about. We're just normal people. I'm not like using the word normal, but we're just doing. We're coping through not each day, not each week, each moment. Let's worry about the next second. Don't worry about five years, five weeks. That's what am I going to do in ten minutes' time? And that's just little steps, little steps. And as you words that you said earlier, I know they really resonate when you said, "Look at one stage." Back in winter with COVID, you were you felt like it was, it was over. Mm. But then you fast forward to now December the second. I know it's now quarter past nine. The sun's on out, but it's amazing what the weather, the sun coming out, how the the darkest clouds can have the most silver linings though. And that's that's the biggest thing that I've learned doing this and just just talking to people, talking, but also just listening to people. So mate, mm. it's been. Oh, well, we're lucky, Aaron and I, to have someone like you spend your time with us. It's a gift that you're sharing. So thanks very much, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. It's a, it's a pleasure for us as well to come on and share the music. So really appreciate it. With a nice palmer. We can't wait to do it on a, on a bigger level soon. With a nice palmer, lovely cold beer. Yes. yes. <laughs>
Yes, Aaron first beer too, by the way, which would be good. <laughs> yeah. So once again, Christian, I, I really want to thank you for your time, mate. And and I want to just get you to intro us into the bit, the clip that I'm going to play next. Obviously, I, I let you know what it was going to be, and I th- I think it's beautiful. Um, just just give us a little intro into it, and we'll finish the night with that. And I'll let that play out, and then we'll finish the show. So. Once again, thanks for your time. Um, what have you got coming up? Most importantly, what's what is the next gig for you? Is there anything we can we can hope for in the next month before Christmas? Is there anything out of lockdown for you that we can we can see you at? Uh, yeah, next next week I'm doing a gig with Champs with uh, Greg Champion up at the Arco Bar in uh, Heatherton. Heatherton, I think it's called, is the town. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, it's next week. Um, but uh, keeping it pretty low key until Christmas, and then I'll launch back in next year. Uh, I'm feeling really positive about music next year. Um, but yeah, just uh, enjoying the last little bits of of summer, and you know, easing into Christmas. Yeah, fantastic. Of- well, thanks, thanks again. Make sure you have a good Christmas. Enjoy that with your family, and we look forward to seeing you big and better in 2021. We'll forget about 20, and um, we'll move into 21 in in style. So just lead us in with this. Uh, this uh, little clip that I'm going to play. Thanks yeah, again. this one's called Wishing, and um, it was uh, one of my very first recordings that I ever did, um, put out in about 2008 or nine or something. The video clip was made by a VCE student who uh, I never actually got to meet, um, but one of my buddies is a teacher, and they were putting together a little project and they needed some uh, royalty-free music to use. <laughs> and I uh, made this little video clip uh, as part of a as part of a VCE assessment, and I loved it, so I asked her if I could put it out, and uh, and she agreed. So um, this is called wishing, um, and it's just about. Uh, it's a pretty obvious one when you hear it. It's just about being with the one you love and um, and missing them. Um, but thank you so much for having me, guys, and uh, all the best with the rest of the year. And I hope we get to catch each other in real life really soon. Yeah, Thanks. looking forward to it. Cheers. Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks again, Christian. Cheers. Oh 
this means nothing, darling. Cause I'm just wishing you Sunday slow. 